All right, y'all. Welcome to episode three of Love and Color. And this is Eli alongside... Hello, everybody. Dr. Katrina Sanford. Peace and blessings. And today we are going to be talking about the color green and how to wear it well. Mm. That's right, y'all. We are talking about jealousy. Oh, jealousy. This is a tough one. This is a tough one for me, Eli, honestly. Everybody feels it. We all don't like the way it feels. But it happens. It does. And I, I don't know about you, but anytime I tell people that I am in a non-monogamous relationship, one of the top three things that I hear about, you know, within the first two seconds of the conversation is <laughs> some some variation of how do you deal with jealousy or I'm too jealous for that or, you know, just something to do. Or don't you get jealous. Or don't you get jealous. It's 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 usually something to do with jealousy. Has that... Has that been your experience? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Every time. Like one of the most popular questions that people ask. So how do you respond? Um, I generally say, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm a human being, you know. Um, so I do feel jealousy. We, you know, it's it's okay that we feel it. It's just what it means. You know, we need to really pay attention to that. So yeah, the problem is, well, I'm, I'll speak for myself here, <laughs> but the problem for me is, you know, oftentimes when I'm in the throes of feeling jealous, it's hard for me to 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 be in that space of self-reflection, <laughs> you know, that, that perhaps I need yes. to be. <laughs> um, and, you know, I find myself being jealous in, well, really predictable situations, it's usually a situation where someone has something that I want and for some odd reason I think that I, I can't have, right? It's a very specific sort of situation. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the most recent time it happened was, well, mm, well, I'm not going to say the most recent time, but like the most recent biggest time. <laughs> like, because there'll be little blips every now and again, but like the, the, the time that I had to deal with jealousy, like a capital J jealousy, was when um, the girl and the boy were moving in together. Mm. And I was not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I was very right. much feeling like left out. Yeah. And like, oh, you know, now they're moving in this direction. And I can't go there with them. Yeah. And, you know, just it was the jealousy was born out of feeling left out and um, insecure about what that meant about how she felt about me or about, you know, where our our relationship was going in comparison to where her relationship was going with him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I kind of spun out. <laughs> I spun out about it. I hear you. And I might have written a breakup speech or two. On you know, in my notes app on my phone, yeah. <laughs> right? But what ended up happening is, you know, we didn't end up breaking up. Obviously, that was like uh, over a year ago. Um, we ended up just talking about it, and first of all, I, I'm I'm like a pane of glass. I think I told the story the other day about. I got in the car and within like five minutes, she was just like, you're not right. Like I'm, yeah. I'm just, I'm very easy to read. And so it wasn't hard for her to discern <laughs> that, that there was something amiss with me, you know? Yeah. So, you know, she did lean in and ask questions and I did take that opportunity to be vulnerable and be like, well, Hey, this is actually, this is what I'm feeling right now. I'm, yeah. I'm feeling a little jealous. I'm feeling a little, nervous about this huge change. Uh, and it was actually a really wonderful opportunity because she was able to reassure me both in her words mm-hmm. and in her actions subsequently. Yeah. And it was an opportunity for us to um, like gain trust because I knew yeah. that I could tell her something that was bothering me and that she would hear me and she knew that I would be upfront with her and not make her have to guess 
what's going on with me. So, you know, it it, it mm-hmm. went from something that mm. could have been a really messy situation to something that further cemented um, our foundation. Mm. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. That developing that emotional trust, that trust in how you're going to respond to and behave with each other is so important. And I, I'm glad she was able to hold that space. I'm not surprised she's amazing, y'all. She really is. Um, so, <laughs> oh. But there are times where it also went less well, though. Uh, but not with her. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. Yeah. happens. I figured I'd start with the good stuff first. <laughs> but there, there were certainly times, like in my, uh, with ex-wifey, when we were opening up our relationship because we we started off in a monogamous relationship and then opened it right and that is i don't know i'm going to i'm going to say probably one of the most difficult things one of the 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 most difficult ways to approach an open relationship is to take a closed yeah. relationship or Oof. a non-monogamous relationship and open it because it's when we will we will go into all those reasons why probably it, that's a whole other episode, I feel like. <laughs> but for for our purposes here today, let's just say that it was a fraught process. <laughs> and I experienced a great deal of uncontrolled jealousy during that process. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of, yeah. you know, I, di- I didn't have a self-care routine dialed in. She would go on dates and I would just be falling apart at home. Mm-hmm. You know, just like yeah. pacing, not being able to settle, drinking. Like it was, I would never like call her and like, bother, like I, you know, respected the boundary. But inwardly, I was definitely falling apart. Mm-hmm. And um, it just was not, it didn't feel sustainable. And absolutely, because we were so new with the whole thing and because we already had, you know, pre-existing issues in our relationship, she wasn't really in a space where she could, uh, where she could like reassure me or really care for me in the yeah. way that I needed to. And also I was not in a space where I could take care of and hold myself the way I needed to. So that jealousy just took me down. Yeah. So that was the opposite. It was definitely, it was definitely deconstructive rather than constructive. Oh man. I I feel like in a lot of ways you're telling my story too with jealousy. <laughs> like, like for mm. real. Like I had those moments of Who among us? Right? This is tearing me apart. You know, and, and you're right, not having a good self-care routine and dialing in with, with yourself and checking in to see what's what's going on, like why you're feeling this way. It's so important. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that later on in the episode, just ways to be able to take care of yourself through it. Because for, for me, I remember early on when I started getting into polyamory that jealousy came up hard. I felt it viscerally especially in my chest. Even talking about it, I feel it in my chest right now, so I'm going to do some stretches yeah. over here. I'm having to remind myself to breathe too. Yeah. Right now. I'm, feeling, <laughs> I'm feeling it. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's serious. It like, it's the animal mm-hmm. in you comes out, and that is unpredictable and uncontrollable seemingly. And I remember feeling like, y'all, I'm a Leo, so like the lion comes out sometimes. Usually I'm pretty chill, but like jealousy brought out the lion in me and I did not like it and neither did my partners. So it's like, no, that's toxic. What is that? Right. You know, cause I, I would, mm, my jealousy, it it was rough at first and and I'm sorry for my partners cause I, I did not know what was going on. I, I couldn't understand what was happening and I had to do a lot of soul searching And finally, I got to the point where I recognized, oh, this is me being insecure because I don't have that thing that that person has that makes my partner want to hang out with them. And I was like, what is that? Yeah. Where did that come from? 
And I like really had to do some self love work and, and just some reflection on that stuff. Like that's not my partner's fault. That's something I need to check in myself. Right. Oof. It's it's a balance though, isn't it? Because I agree, it 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 isn't your partner's fault. And it certainly isn't your partner's burden to fix it for you. Right. However, I feel like the situations where I've been in where my partner has just completely like leaned away mm-hmm. from me when I'm in those situations, like that doesn't help yeah. either. Oof. I mean, I feel like there has to be some I sort agree. of middle ground, right? Absolutely. But let's back up and let's let's talk about and it's funny because, you know, as we're here talking about jealousy, I think both Dr. Katrina and I are both we're both feeling this like this like tight, constricted mm-hmm. feeling in our bodies. Let's talk about what that is. Like what is jealousy? Like how would you define jealousy and what is happening in your body when yeah. you're feeling that? Yeah, that's a great, great question. I mean, so in general, I, I feel like jealousy is like, you know, it's the thoughts, the feelings of insecurity that, that hit us hard, you know, our fear over a lack of safety, really, I think. You know, in that moment, your body is saying, I don't feel safe right now. It may not know why, but like that hind brain, that, that the, okay, so let's do a little brain stuff right now. And the nerd in me wants to do that. Nerd you out. know, we have different parts of our brain, but the brain that gets triggered, the part of our brain that gets triggered when we're going through fight or flight or freeze, you know, our physiological responses that, you know, show that we're not okay, you know, um, sweating, clenching your fist, you know, all kinds of behaviors that we have. Um, that hind brain, that back part of our brain, like it is popping off. It is saying danger, danger, danger. We are not okay, girl. You know that your brain is just like, please help feeling very helpless. And I like to think about that part of our brain as like a four-year-old, like toddler feel like a toddler in those moments. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Think about it, you know, because a toddler will, a four-year-old especially has some communication skills. So, you know, but they'll lay on the ground and just cry and cry and cry and not be able to tell you what's wrong. And what generally helps is to pick the baby up, hold the baby, let them know they're safe, say, I love you. And when you're ready, you can tell me what's going on. Like that part of our brain that's that part right there is what's happening with fight flight or freeze and so this pops up with jealousy you know jealousy is like being your safety being threatened in Mm -hmm. some way right and so like your partner liking someone else even physiologically is threatening to us you know it's not it's unconscious and conscious y'all like you have to know that that not all of this is like you just suck you know, and you're just a jealous person. It's it's not that. There are so many other things going on in our bodies that are leading us to this point. Um, and in case I don't get it in later, a skill for that, when you feel that fight, flight, or freeze happening, you're triggered, you're, you're afraid, grab an ice pack, put it on the back of your neck. It literally tells your brain to chill out. It hmm. literally. And, the, and when it comes down, when that part of your brain that's popping and hot starts coming down, you know, it's going to feel so amazing because the the problem with being in fight, flight, or freeze and being triggered is it shuts down the part of our brain, our frontal lobe, that's important for decision-making, that's important for executive functioning. And so we have, we're, we have, we feel unsafe, but then the part of our brain we need to use to support us in solving that conflict in a good way is, is not working. And right. so the ice pack helps turn that part of your brain back on so that you can get yourself together to handle the situation well and in a grounded place. I guess that's the difference between most of us and four-year-olds, right? Is mm-hmm. that the four-year-olds, their frontal lobe is not yet developed yes, such right. that they, they that you can really calm them down to sit and have a rational conversation. Mm-hmm. At least my four-year-old wasn't. Yep. You'll find out soon enough <laughs> whether that's the case with yours. But most of us listening to this podcast here, and certainly the two of us in the studio, our frontal lobes are 
developed. Yeah. You know, or mostly so. Usually by 25. It's, yeah. It's pretty well developed. Yeah. So, you know, we, we, we have, most of us have the skills that we need to deal with these triggers, these jealousy triggers. That's the, I think that's, that's an important thing to hold on to. Um, yeah. The other thing I'll say here, and this is kind of an aside, uh, is language in general. So if we were speaking in Spanish right now, we would say, you know, I have jealousy or I have cold or I have hunger or mm -hmm. I have heat or, you know, yeah. you know, I have whatever, right? Yeah. And in English, we say, I am hungry, I am angry, right? I am that jealous. That is me. That is me. Yeah. If you have something, mm. it's easy to put it down, you know, give it away, right. do something with it. But if you are something, you know, what yeah. do you, how, you know, how do you jettison yeah. that? So, Ooh, you know, it. there's, yes, you're right. I think, and we're, we'll talk more about this in a little bit. Um, when we talk about strategies, but that's just some, a little bug I want to put in people's ear, you know, just language and like how to reframe things. Mm -hmm. So let's now, you know, now that we've, I've, I've spilled my tea for the day, Dr. Katrina spilled her tea and we've talked about what jealousy is. Let's now talk a little bit more in depth about some about some strategies about and about what jealousy can mean for a relationship and how maybe jealousy talking about reframing can be something positive i mean okay maybe not everyone looks great in every shade of green but there's a shade out there that might work for you. Maybe it's neon, maybe it's a hunter green, mm -hmm. you know. Forest. Forest green. There's so <laughs> many options. You can find the right green that works for you, y'all. It's possible. So the first thing I think that bears being said, and Dr. Katrina touched on it earlier, is you are not a bad person. You are not a toxic person if you experience jealousy, if you have jealousy. And it's I'm the gonna, behaviors it's that the behaviors. we display after that. Right. That turns toxic. Right. And, I, and, for, and for the purpose of this conversation, based on what I, I was saying about language, right, I'm going to, for, for the duration of this conversation, refer to it as having, jealous, having jealousy yep. or experiencing jealousy and not being jealous. It is not something that is intrinsic to anyone's being, right? You can change it. You can change it. Yeah. You can manage it. So having said that, I think a lot of folks in the non-monogamous community will struggle with the fact that they do experience jealousy because mm -hmm. it's like, well, you know, I've been polyamorous for 20 years and now my partner is seeing someone new and I'm having the fits. What is wrong with me? And you spend all this time self-flagellating. Yeah. But if, if we just accept that this is something that as human persons – we are going to experience from time to time, I think we're in a better position to deal with it and to maybe use it. It's kind of like white privilege, right? It's there. <laughs> it exists. You know, like we could pretend that we're colorblind and, you know, not use privilege to other people's advantage, or we can use this thing that exists to benefit. And so we're, we're going to, you know, Think about jealousy in that same way. All right. All right. So, Dr. Katrina, when you yes. are working with clients who are, uh, you know, maybe in, in non-monogamous relationships or thinking about opening up their monogamous relationships, what types of strategies do you give them about, you know, coping with their jealousy? Yeah. Yeah. So, it, you know, there's differences when it comes to individuals versus couples or more. Um, you know, I see a lot of couples, but I also see individuals who have several partners. Sure. And so it, that depends for sure. Um, when I think about individuals or, or couples, I think 
the most important thing, and this is for polyamory, this is for monogamy, whatever you're doing is communication. And Eli, I think you had a, a beautiful example earlier about how good communication can help support a situation. Um, but many of us are afraid to express that we're jealous um, or that we're feeling some kind of way. And for for many people, oftentimes their partners don't handle that information very well. Um, but it's that's the important part right there is, one, being able to ground yourself and know what's happening, know how it shows up in your body, and have self-care things that you can do to support yourself during the feeling of jealousy and after. We're all too often focused on being negative towards ourselves in this society. And, and there's good reason for that around us. Not good, but like there's plenty of reason around us why that's the case. We're told we aren't skinny enough. We're not beautiful enough. Our hair isn't blonde enough. It's like, what? And where are these... Who's this person we're comparing ourselves to? And even with that, why are we comparing ourselves to somebody else? We're right. completely different people. But look at our media. Our society puts that in our heads that we need to be focusing in on everything external instead of checking the internal lovingly. Right. You have to love yourself to be able to move well in life, in relationships, because there's so many emotions and so many difficult things that come up. And figuring out a good way to communicate and having a partner that's willing to listen is extremely important. Very true. And, and actually, you said something. Um, you said or feel a, t a certain type of way. And that mm. I like. And sometimes... Sometimes that could just be a placeholder because you know, I don't know about you, but sometimes yep. I, I feel, you know, I feel the tightness in my chest. I feel uncomfortable and I might not be able to identify right away mm -hmm. what it is that I am feeling. It takes me a minute sometimes yeah, to, okay. to realize like, oh, I'm feeling jealous. But, and sometimes it is enough just to communicate to your partner. You know, I, I just feel a certain type of way. Like I, you know, maybe I just need a minute to to figure out what it is I'm feeling or maybe can we can we talk and try and suss out what it is together? Yeah. I mean, and exactly. so I guess my point is don't put pressure on yourself not to feel jealous and also don't put pressure on yourself to immediately know exactly right. what it is you're feeling mm -hmm. and why it is you're feeling that it's enough sometimes just to recognize I'm being triggered. Yeah. Let me let me cool down that the base of my brain mm -hmm. and figure this Hug out. Hug the toddler. Hug the toddler yeah. before we start running off at the <laughs> mouth and talking and acting crazy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So, I mean, that's communication is important, clearly, with everything and anything. Right. Um, but especially when it comes to this and, and making sure you're you're communicating with yourself and not just avoiding what you're feeling or um, negative talk about yourself, which brings you down, which doesn't allow you to be in the best place to handle the situation that's bothering you. Right. Right. So really finding ways to communicate love to yourself and hopefully love through your relationships so you can speak your truth. And have it held just like you might do for your partners. Um. And also, I think it it bears mentioning that we all exist in a context, right? None of us are are walking around blank slates. We're all products of yep. the society that we're in. As Dr. Katrina mentioned, we're being bombarded by all these messages to be skinny and to be tall and to be blonde and to be rich and so on and so forth. And also, we have been bombarded with messages about what a relationship is supposed to look like well. from the time that, you know, we opened our eyes to the world, yeah. right? And we see that from our families of origin. We see that from the Disney movies. We see that, you know, the rom-coms or the crappy sappies, as I like to call them, right? What does love mean? <laughs> love means possession. 
And if he's not standing in the middle of the street in the rain with a boombox over his head, or Stella, you know what I mean, like, like yeah, or or, or like Loki stalking you, <laughs> right? Like in basically every '80s movie, <laughs> <laughs> then then he must not love you. Right. Like so, so we have we we we've been bombarded with these, in in my opinion, toxic messages mm-hmm. about the connection between love and possession. Mm-hmm. So, and this is part of what makes opening up a relationship so difficult because, yeah. you know, it's it's oftentimes rooted in this feeling, not consciously, I don't think, you know, any of us, it's not like a 12 years of slave situation, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think any of us is out to want to own our partner in that way. Yeah. But it's still the the idea of coupledom in Western society is really rooted in this sense of possession. Like, that's my man. This is my woman. How many times have my monogamous friends who low-key are cheating are say to me, yeah, hot tea, girl, hot tea, are like, oh, how could you deal with somebody else fucking your girl? And it's just like, okay, first of all, my girl, is she mine? Or is she her own woman? What the heck? What is it really? Queen. Exactly. Yeah. And she can do whatever Nobody the hell she wants mean. to do, right? Yeah. And I am free in my only on my own kingly right to do whatever I want to. Right. You know, with proper communication. So there but if if you are coming from this sense of I, you know, this person is mine. Yeah. You know, who who wants to share like that? So I think mm-hmm. that that if you're going to grapple with jealousy, you can't grapple with jealousy without at least touching on possession. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, and the possession versus love. Mm. That's that's interesting. Some of us see someone wanting to possess us as being loved. Right. You know? So dangerous. Think about that. I'm already having those conversations with my daughter, like, no, uh, this no, is not it. No, you're your own person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and what it really comes down to, I think, is is safety. For most of us, if we, all of us, I mean, we all have the same brain. That hind brain literally like tells us we're in danger. And when someone feels in danger or they feel unsafe, and there's something in their environment that makes them feel unsafe, like jealousy or the possible loss of a partner or whatever, you know, the the animal comes out and it's like. You know, it's 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 cave person time. We're just just in our anger and our jealousy and not really like trying to care for ourselves. It's more externalizing all right. of the difficult feelings and, and instead of harnessing it. And maybe that's when we want to double down on trying to possess and mm-hmm. and hold on to those things that we're we're afraid of losing. Yeah. And in the process, I mean it's very like Greek tragedy style, you know, oftentimes Mm. in the process of trying to hold on to that which we fear losing, the act of holding on so tight is what causes us to lose. Yeah. So it's... it's, Yeah. (laughs) And you know, it's funny. And when I'm, when I have sessions with clients, the the way I I would tend to describe that is, and because this book got to me of mice and men. Mm. So a lot of people had to read it. I'm like... It it's a quote unquote classic when it comes to European like people, but like I actually enjoy what goes on in it because I'm able to use this example well to describe that very process mm, okay. of like so um Lenny is an individual who's like very large and and um he loves bunnies. And so he would pet the bunnies, but he would pet them so hard he would break their necks and kill them. I'm and, right back in seventh grade right now. So right? Like, like, oh, my, oh my gosh. Uh, it was traumatizing it really to was. read to bo- the book. But that's a really good example of what's happening when it comes to jealousy. Is like, I love this thing so much that I killed it. That's really good. <laughs> that is really good. <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, think about it. And when you think about it that way, you're like, oh my goodness, like, like I, that's intense. That's that's safety. That yes. is so intense for us that we would do that. And 
it's okay. It's okay to feel this way. These feelings are coming up because we learned them in the past with past experiences, or maybe it's coming from our ancestors and there's some like some generational trauma that's coming through you in this lifetime. Right. What, whatever it is, it's okay that you're feeling that way. But what's really important is making sure you understand what's going on with you. Like you have an awareness of how, how your body shows that truth to you, that, that fear of safety. What does it look like with your physical symptoms? How do you, how do you hold your body? You know, what, what happens really be aware and pay attention. Um, and this moves me sort of into wanting to, to, to call out a strategy that, that I've worked out over the years working with clients because I've seen this, just the same sorts of things happening to people. And so I, I created a model that I'm still working on, but like it's it's called the awareness model, and it's about being aware, releasing, and then grounding yourself and repeat. So the awareness piece is what I'm talking about here is like how do you know what your body is doing and why it's doing it? You need to be a detective. You got to pay attention to what's going on with you, and specifically with, with jealousy. It's like when you feel jealous, where do you feel it in your body? I feel it in my chest. I you know, Eli and I both said, oh, my chest is tight. So, yeah. you know, like, and, and we know that, you know, because we've been paying attention. We've, we've dealt with a lot of jealousy yeah. and are trying to, like, make change to not do the things that we did in the past. And you can do the same. Pay attention to yourself. You know, we spend a lot of time looking external. What about internal? What's going on there? Who are you? So what was the other piece? So there was the awareness. Yeah, so there's then... awareness. And then the next part is release. Okay. So after you're aware that you're you're feeling bad, you know, you're feeling jealous and you're having these um, sensations in your body, like after that, you need to figure out a way to release it. So maybe that's exercising. Maybe you do some jumping jacks real quick or maybe you play the drum or maybe you sing or maybe you yell, but release it, like mm. physically yeah. get it out of your body. And this is this this works on a physiological level, but on a spiritual level, like movement, shake it out, you know, um, figure out a way to get it out. Exercise, you know, wh whatever it is. So release the thing. Don't get stuck in the negative feelings about the thing, about the thing, about the thing. Just recognize you're feeling jealous, take a breath. You know, you have that awareness, your body's showing you what's what, release it somehow. And then after you release it, ground and soothe. So what does that look like? Maybe you literally just sit and hold yourself, you know, or, or maybe you tell yourself affirmations, wh whatever that is. But like, it's the toddler, that right. four-year-old is crying. And the first two parts of this process is really just like holding that four-year-old and saying, it's okay, baby, I got you. You are safe until you are ready to let me know what's good. And, and, and then repeat. So then every time you notice that you're feeling some kind of way about something and it's a feeling that doesn't feel good to you, pay attention to yourself, be aware, release it, ground and soothe yourself and repeat. And I'm telling you, if you all can figure out a way to get yourself into a ritual with your body and how it works and what it needs, you, you really can keep yourself grounded, feel healthier, feel happier, and move forward in life with joy. Now, don't get me wrong. It's going to take some time. It's going to take right. some effort. You know, check in with the therapist. You know, check in with your friends. Like, do you. But you can do it. I promise you. Right. I second that. And for me, I didn't and, and thank you. And we're we're gonna put a link um to mm -hmm. that model up on our website so folks can check Absolutely. it out. Um for me, I, I didn't have tools as refined as that um when I was working out a system for myself. Most of us don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unfortunate. It it is unfortunate. I'm but I'm hoping that, you know, people use this as a tool for themselves. But um for me, I very much like I talked about with the holidays, I I'm, I operate very heavily on the pleasure principle. Mm -hmm. So I like to balance out unpleasant feelings with pleasant ones. Yeah. So I got into a groove like when ex-wifey, like I knew she was going to have date night. 
I would have something planned for myself that I was Perfect. really looking forward to. That's right. And so it, it made it easier for me to focus on myself mm-hmm. and 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 hug that four year old. Yes, and it, it was <laughs> it was it was um it was a scaffolding around myself mm-hmm. at a time when I was under heavy construction. And I needed the scaffolding. And there was nothing wrong with needing the scaffolding. Yes. I mean, at this point, when, you know, my partner, um, I'm down to one partner now, by the mm-hmm. way. Uh, yeah, sorry, Queen B and I broke up uh, last week, actually, last Thursday. Um, but that's, you know, that's not the point. The point is, is that now I'm at the point where if a partner is out with another partner, I don't necessarily need to distract myself with something pleasurable because yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Um, but that scaffolding is still there for me to draw on if I That's need right. it. And there's not going to be any shame in my game if I need to plan a special date night for myself because I feel a certain type of way. That's right. You know. That's right. For whatever reason. Caring for the toddler. Indeed. That's what it's about. That is real. Yeah. So we mentioned it a bit, and I want to go back to this because it's going to be a segue to what I want to talk about next, and that is vulnerability. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And if we were making a pros and cons list about non-monogamy, I feel like vulnerability would be on both of those lists. It would be on the pro side and it would be on the con side. Absolutely. It would be on the pro side because I feel like we grow when we are vulnerable. Mm-hmm. It allows us to learn about ourselves. It allows other people to learn about us and get close to us. That's right. right? And on the other hand, vulnerability can be a con because it often hurts, often uncomfortable. Yes, very. And if you are vulnerable with someone who is not in a space to accept that vulnerability, that could also result in harm. Right. Right? So it cuts both For ways. Sure. It cuts both ways, y'all. What I would like to focus on now is how to how to use that vulnerability as a positive like to cemental jujitsu. You're <laughs> absorbing someone's energy and turning it around and using it for your benefit. So you're absorbing, you know, this, 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 what could be a bad, bad thing. You know, this, this could be toxic jealousy. You're feeling it. It is negative mm-hmm. rather than it harming you. How do you turn it around and use it as a force to propel you forward, propel you in a direction that you want to go in. And I posit that it is possible, right? It's more than possible. Mm-hmm. And, and an example of that is, you know, going back to what I talked about in tea time with my partner when she was moving in with now her nesting partner, right? Like that jealousy that I was experiencing could have destabilized our entire relationship. Right, depending on yeah. how I choose chose to to deal with it, right? I could have could have kept quiet about it, and it could have come out in all these cute little passive aggressive ways. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite. You know what I mean, <laughs> right? Right? It um, happens. Oh yes, again, who among us? But instead, <laughs> I was vulnerable with someone who was in a space that they could accept that vulnerability. Yeah. And then we use that whole situation to advance our relationship. I mean, of course that wasn't the point, but that's what happened, right? That's yeah. that's that's how we ended up using the energy. So how to wear green well is to do that. Acknowledge that you're feeling the jealousy. Right. And that that in itself is a process. Mm -hmm. But then the next step is to figure out why. What is behind it? 
for me in that instance, with her moving in with him, what was behind the jealousy Mm -hmm. was this feeling that their relationship is advancing. Ours is not. She is choosing him, not me. Like this is like, she's choosing him. Like I'm being unchosen. Like Mm -hmm. this is it. Um, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Right? That was at the base of it. I'm Mm -hmm. not good enough. And she's telling me that by making this choice. Right. Of course. choice that was agreed to. Right. (laughs) Right. Really had nothing to do with me. Right? (laughs) But again, this is the animal. You know, the animal brain. This is is reacting to that. Right? sure. So once I, like, and it took, this, this happened over a period of, like, well, maybe month, weeks, months. This was not like a quick process. It wasn't mm-hmm. like I'm like I woke up and I was like I'm jealous, and then the next day I like had it all buttoned up <laughs> as to why. Right. right. It was a process. I had to sit with it. I had to. I had to let myself imagine things, and then it, sink into how my body felt. When I thought about those things, mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, I'm thinking about them, like, waking up and having coffee together. How do I feel? You know, it's like, and I, I just really, right. like, leaned into it. Yeah. And I was, like, mind mapping with myself. Like, okay, like, mm-hmm. where is it? Some things really hurt. Some things yep. don't. Why do these things hurt and these other things right. not? And, you know, I just kept, like, following the threads, following the threads until I realized, like, oh. To the root. This is it. We're, you know, we're at we're we're yep. at the root. And then at that point, I could come to her with the root in hand yeah. and say, This is it. Like this is at the core of what I'm feeling. Yeah. Is there some way that we can address this? Yeah. Right? I love that. I'm not saying that I need to move in with you or I need to like it needs to be some weird tit for tat thing. Right. Right. But like the, the there, there is a way that we can address this route that works for you and I. Mm-hmm. Let's figure out how to get there. Right. Right? And then we did. Yeah. It's <laughs> and, like, I got a boo-boo. Yeah. Can you help me right. take care of it so I've, it can heal? I've cleaned all the blood away. You can see exactly where it is. Yeah. So let's work on that now together, yeah. right? So it's it was that combination. Like, mm-hmm. I am leaning in and doing the work that I need to do. Right. For me. I'm not asking her to do all that labor for Mm-mm. me, right? That fem work. I'm not asking her to do that. I'm yeah. I'm going to do that. Yeah. And I'm going to come to her and say, here's the work I've done. Here is where I am. Here's what I think I need. You know, what do you, you know? Yeah. What do you think? Like, and, then, and, then, and then it's, you know, then it's a negotiation. It's back and right. forth. And, you know, we land at a place together. Exactly. That we're both happy to be in. Exactly. And, you know, we haven't done a, a terrible amount of damage to get there. Uh, so that's that's my – it's not a workaround for jealousy. It's a work through. Yeah. You know, it's, it's – I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to sublimate it. I'm not trying to deny that it exists. Right. I'm like, okay, I see you, girl. I see you. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> let's brew some tea and let's talk about it. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That that right there is what you would want to be able to create right. with a partner is is that that space because it's it's so important. It's and and who wants to be vulnerable with someone that like doesn't make them you know, feel okay being vulnerable. I guess the whole point is, like, it's a four-year-old crying, so, like, if you come at me yelling or trying to hit me or point your finger, yeah, that's not going to turn out well. Right. I mean, come on. And and then you're not going to want to speak your truth, and that's what happens with so many people, is they're afraid. They're afraid of the conflict. They're afraid of the response of their partner. They're afraid of the consequences of speaking their truth. And I get it. I do get it. We all have fears. We all have had trauma and it makes us feel unsafe and upset and sad and anxious. I, I totally, totally does. But what's really important is taking care of ourselves and taking care of ourselves in a way like you did, where you were like, okay, let me do this mind map. 
what's actually happening here? And think about how beautiful that is to come to your partner with the root instead of like this nasty part of, of it, you know, right. that you really on your own, like there's a lot of emotions you need to sort with there and figure right. out what's going on so that you don't just like explode the relationship because your feelings hurt, you know, like, so I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you were thoughtful enough to be able to do that. And you came to her with the roots so that she could help you figure out how to plant it and care for it, you know? Yes. Yeah. And it's, you know, growing into a beautiful tree. I mean, now we're all kind yeah. of cohabitating, but that's for another episode. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. That's another awesome. thing. Awesome. <laughs> but I think we also, in, in, in that same line, in, in terms of leaning into what jealousy can teach us about ourselves and in our relationships. Sometimes it comes down to there might not be a need that's being met with this particular partner. Mm-hmm. That that wasn't the the case in my situation, you know, that I, I just relayed, you know, about the moving in. That wasn't the case there. But sometimes that is the case. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's, you know, I see you making time to go on dates with this person, but we haven't had a date night, you know? So, so I see you having all this fun time with this person Mm -hmm. and all we're doing is paying the bills and like figuring out the schedule with the kids. Like, I, I am jealous because I am, I feel like I'm lacking fun time with you and I really want that. Right. And I'm upset because I see someone else having this or I perceive, you know, someone else is having this thing with you that I'm not having, right? So that might be an opportunity there. So rather than, you know, I posit that rather than being jealous and just saying, hey, I want you to stop making time to see so-and-so, to say, hey, you know, I realize that I'm upset because I would like some time with you. Yeah. Can we have date night? You know, like once a week. Such a beautiful way to come at it instead of yelling and screaming and pointing fingers. I think it's actually beautiful because not only is it, again, that vulnerability that's giving your partner a chance to care for you and build that trust, but it's also stroking your partner because you're telling your partner, hey, I'm upset because I miss you, motherfucker. Like, I want time with you. Like, I love you. I miss you. Can we have time? Mm -hmm. How how is someone going to get upset? And you, right. if, you have what you're, right. if you're coming at them with the positive, and you're just, amazing, and I want to spend time. With you're you. ama- and, and you're gonna, <laughs> really, and if that per- let me tell you, let me listen, y'all, listen real carefully. If you come at your partner and you say you're amazing, <laughs> I want time with you, and they <laughs> stiff arm you or like <laughs> screw you, how dare you come at me like that? I'm just gonna go ahead and say that's a red flag. Okay, <laughs> can we agree, Doctor Katrina? That's a red flag. I, yeah. All right. More All likely right. than not. You. I mean, maybe you. there's that 1% hey. percent chance where it's cool, but chances are, like, get out of there now <laughs> immediately. But but in all seriousness, like, it's, it's, again, an opportunity to build that trust, mm-hmm. get a need met, and wear the color well. Find that color yeah. that works for you. And the other thing, the other, the other time, in terms of needs met, I would say that the other thing that I've noticed is that sometimes, and I don't know about you or what you've noticed with your clients, is that Mm -hmm. sometimes I get jealous. Like if if I'm like, I find myself being jealous of the boy, for instance, Mm -hmm. it's normally because there's something that I'm doing or not doing for myself. Mm. Right? Interesting. Okay. So, um, like if he, like for instance, (laughs) he attracts like another like partner and I'm like, oh God, this guy just like, you know, he's this like six, two, like (laughs) cis white guy. All he has to do is walk into a room and everybody's just like flocking all over him. Right. (laughs) And and it's just like, okay, you know, I Sometimes I find myself feeling a little way like mm-hmm. about that, but it's not about him. Right. It's like, maybe I need to get my ass to the gym. Like maybe I need to make mm-hmm. sure I'm getting enough sleep. Maybe I need to make sure that like I'm eating well, you know, it's like, it's, it's, yeah. it's oftentimes, and this is going back to what you said before, 
you know, we're, we're taught to look externally, to look at yeah. what other people have and what other people mm-hmm. don't have. And, and jealousy can be useful if we take it as an opportunity to pivot and look at, okay, well, what is it that I feel is wanting within myself? Mm-hmm. Let me work on that. And yes. I tell you, nine out of ten times I do that, jealousy goes away. Nice. No conversation nice. needed. Because you feel empowered and you're like, nah. Yeah. No, I, I, I have control I over. got this. Yeah. And so really it's only, you know, that that like – one to two times out of 10 where I've gone through that process, I've gone through that mind mapping with myself, I've gone through the, okay, you know, now let me bolster myself process. Mm -hmm. And if I've done all of that and I still, there's still a piece that needs to be resolved, well, you know, then I'm going to go and have a conversation. But not every jealous feeling needs to end in a conversation because, you know, sometimes the process in and of itself is enough to to neutralize, you know, the 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 jealous experience or mm-hmm. those jealous feelings. Yeah. So. And yeah, that's beautiful. Hmm. So jealousy is a lot of opportunity for there. you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, jealousy is so intertwined intertwined with trust. It's. I think that's another part that maybe is Mm. important for us to chat about just a little, because as I'm thinking about the areas in the past where I, I would get super jealous. Yeah. It was connected with knowing that my partner was going to tell me the truth about what was going on. And eventually it warped into like, I'm getting jealous because you're not telling me the truth. And you're going out here being with others. Like, it it didn't make sense. I see you over here, like, thinking about it. It, it doesn't make sense, I am furrowing my brow, yeah. <laughs> but that's the point. It doesn't okay. make sense because yeah. it's based on emotion. And emotion mm. is irrational, mm. you know. It's not looking at the whole situation. It's just visceral how I feel. Okay. And so I was like, okay, that makes no sense. So I'm, like, you know, working my way through it or 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 whatever. But, like, when I feel like someone is not speaking their truth to me, then there's jealousy that pops up in me. And it's very interesting. And so mm. I, I don't do well with people who cheat, <laughs> just like most of us. But, like, I really don't. Like, I, I really to feel like there's some stability and safety so I can be vulnerable in the relationship, yeah. hence some of the things we've been talking about. I need to know I can trust your word. That's that, real. Like with you and the girl where you have figured out a process to be able to speak your truth and know it will be heard and, and there will be some support there. Right. Maybe not every time, but like, you know, often to support each other in that healthiness. And if I feel like I can't trust the words that you're saying to me, then, then how am I going to open myself up to that? And then that is not a good relationship to be in. I was about to say another red flag y'all. (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that, again, talking about what jealousy can teach us about ourselves and our relationships, that might be another one. Like, if you find yourself consistently, like, I'm feeling jealous because I'm not trusting this person's word. Yeah. Like, oh, that might be that might be time to start thinking about the exit strategy, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's that's a hard one. You never know. Well, except that you do know. You do yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. I hear you. That's another another episode right oh, there. Jeez. Believe me, yes. No, we're we're gonna have a whole breakup episode, y'all. Yeah. And I, I just I just said to Dr. Katrina today in talking about my my recent breakup that relationships are like trains. Enjoy the ride, but make sure not to miss your stop. Yeah. So we're gonna have a whole episode about how to know when to pull that digger and get off the train, y'all. But I, I, I would say that if you find yourself consistently not trusting your partner's word and feeling jealous as a result of it, that might be, you know, that that your your animal brain might actually be trying to tell you something. Like it, you might actually be in danger. That's real. So That's sometimes real. your animal brain might be right. So I mean, it it 
it is there to let us know that something is not right. Pay mm-hmm. attention. And, you know, a lot of people don't trust that. But I think the part we don't trust is the animal part of it. When you work through it to have some sort of control and understand this mm. animal, this mm-hmm. this I say animal, but I feel like we're all spiritual beings having a human experience, honestly. Like we're we're all just these beautiful souls and it's the human experience that leads to a lot of difficulties and stress and disease and just unhappiness in life. And if we were, if we could be more connected and grounded to who we are, what we want in this world, outside of what society tells us we should want, find our self-love and be able to just give ourselves hugs, yo, like we all could feel and be better to ourselves and to each other. And I believe there's a domino effect here. You know, the hippie's coming out of me, but there's a domino (laughs) effect there. Like if you love you, then you'll treat me well which means I can continue loving me and loving others well. This like, is true. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. It makes my heart flutter thinking about it. That's mm. like That's better than the tightness peace. in the chest that we were feeling earlier. I'll take right. the flutter over the <laughs> okay. tightness, y'all. Okay. I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> right on. So, so we've gone through a lot today <clears throat> in terms of what jealousy is, strategies for um, dealing with experiencing jealousy, Mm -hmm. and also strategies for using jealousy to advance yourself as a person and advance your relationship. Um, We will have additional resources posted on our website, loveandcolorproductions.com. One of the resources that we'll have up, um, and this is one that I refer to a lot during my um, open relationship uh, journey, and that is The Ethical Slut, A Practical Guide to Polyamory, Open Relationships, and Other Adventures. I'm I'm always keenly interested in the other adventures. <laughs> yeah, but this is one of the most popular books it, I'm aware this, of for yeah, polyamory. This, and they have some good stuff in there. They really do. I mean, this is like one of the the poly um or open relationship Bibles. Mm-hmm. Um or seminal text or yep. whatever, however you want to phrase it. Anyhow, so they have a chapter, chapter 13, specifically on um coping or dealing with jealousy, roadmaps. Through jealousy, chapter thirteen. Right. It's a whole chapter in y'all. the ethical slut, <laughs> and they have some helpful exercises in there as well. So you know, check it out if you are new to the journey, or if you're not new to the journey and just haven't you know looked at this book at all or looked at this book for a while. I'd recommend it. And there are also some other resources, some other uh, reading materials up on the site currently. Yeah, I encourage y'all to check it out. And, uh, yeah, I think that Dr. Katrina is going to tell us about uh, uh, an organization that we're amplifying today. Absolutely. Before we, before we head out. Yes, yes, indeed. Thank you. Um, so today, the organization that I want to let you all know about is Converge Media. And I got connected to Converge through my girl, Um, Trayana Holiday. She is amazing, like mover and shaker in the Seattle community. Like she is the bomb doing everything, supporting black people all over the place. Like she's a real one. Um, So (laughs) love you, Trayana. Um, So she has an organization that she works with. It's called Converge Media. And their website is whereweconverge.com. And they be they be letting us black folks know what's going on out here in the Pacific Northwest. You know, they believe that the black community deserves authentic representation, a focus on our community issues and equitable access to elected officials, leadership and government information. Come on, y'all. This is the news place to go. So I wanted to share Triana and Converge Media because they're awesome. Awesome. Um, get your news there. So, all right. Well, thank you. You know, us, yeah. us folks here at Love and Color, we're all about 
amplifying the voices of marginalized communities. So that, that sounds like a very interesting organization. I hope you guys all check it out. And we'll be at you next week talking about metamorphs. Yeah. And in the meantime, as always, live in love and color, y'all. Peace and blessings.